I'm so glad that you joined us today on our podcast. Today, I want to speak to you about the scriptural secrets of being submerged in the supernatural. The reason I'm calling it the scriptural secrets for being submerged in the supernatural is whenever we have a provocative subject such as being submerged in the supernatural, baptism in the Holy Spirit, moving forth with signs, wonders, and miracles, I want to make sure that you understand the spiritual significance, but in a scriptural manner. So join us today because we have designed this program with your destiny in mind. And before we begin today's podcast, I want to invite you to my Day of Destiny website where you can download all of the podcasts and also you can order my newest book, Secrets of the Anointing. I want to invite you to download that book. It will change your life, especially those of you that need a manual for ministry. Those who want to see a manual for the miraculous. How do I move forward into the miraculous? What spiritual significance does the anointing have in my life? Are there contagious components in the anointing? Can I catch the anointing? Is there such a thing as learning how to operate in supernatural sense? to the Holy Spirit. Can I minister the same way Jesus did? Well, beloved saints, I believe this book will help you. It will also tell you about some of our missionary adventures where we went and trusted the supernatural, even to the point of in the People's Republic of China. In 1980, God gave nine of our 30 team members that smuggled Bibles into China. The anointing to speak in Mandarin Chinese for about seven to eight minutes. You don't want to miss the supernatural secrets in this book that I believe are going to help you in this generation move forward into the highest dimension of destiny that God has ordained for your life by embracing the supernatural. Now, beloved saints, we're going to open our Bibles today as I share with you the scriptural secrets of being submerged in the supernatural. Beloved, I would like you to open your Bibles today, if you have them, to the book of John's Gospel, John chapter 14, and we are going to look at verse 12. When we see John chapter 14, verse 12, first of all, I want you to understand what is happening in the literal sense of scripture. John chapter 14 begins, Jesus giving his last discourse to his disciples before he goes away. And this is the Summa, the highest teaching Jesus has ever given on the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to to see why Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit to his disciples as a person. I want you to know that the disciples are going to know the Holy Spirit, not just as a power, but they are going to know the Holy Spirit as a person. And the reason Jesus is going to teach them on the person and power of the Spirit, but the person of the Holy Spirit is because of verse 12. 
I want you to see the most spiritually significant, this most spiritually significant verse that is going to pave pave the pathway for the book of Acts. It is going to show us the destiny of these disciples. And I want to read it to you right now. I believe this will help you understand what your mission is, because if you format your mission after this verse, then I believe no matter what it is that God has called you to do, whether it's secular or sacred, I want you to understand that God is going to use you mightily for his kingdom. Let us look at the text. The Bible says in John chapter chapter 14, verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the same works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Now, beloved saints, I want you to see Many of us may have the question, what are these works? Jesus is speaking. Jesus is speaking, beloved saints, about the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Before he went away, he made provision that his disciples would know they will not be left alone, that he would come again unto them. Now, beloved, I want you to understand that Jesus has been with them for three solid years. They ate with him, drank with him, followed him wherever he went. And now when he is going away, he is going to be absent, of course, as we shared in the last podcast, he is going to be absent for a nine-day period. He's going to be taken up into heaven where Jesus will rule and reign at the right hand of the Father in his session, ever living to make intercession for all of the believers. But I also want you to know that he's going to come again unto his own, but he's not going to come in bodily form until the second coming. Until the time of his second coming, this last dispensation is going to bring Jesus to us. But there is one person who is going to bring Jesus to us, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now, beloved saints, Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, but greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. So the question arises, what are these works? In order for us to lay aside whatever man says and get the proper scriptural synopsis, let's look at the word of God so that we don't miscalculate in our own minds what we think the works are. Because it is very obvious when we survey scripture in its context and we see that there must be a consistency in our evaluation with the way all scripture is bringing to us what the works of God are, what the works of Jesus were when he was here on this earth. And so we are going to see that from the very beginning of his ministry, he is going to empower his disciples to begin to train them to do the very same works that he does. Here we see in Matthew chapter 10, 
we are going to see in verse one. The Bible says, and when he had called the 12 unto him, his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and disease. Beloved, notice in verse eight, he says, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead and cast out devils freely as you have received, freely give. Now, beloved saints, I want you to see that these are supernatural works. These are works that are impossible to be accomplished through man's understanding, through man's uh, anything man does. How can man heal a leper uh, supernaturally unless there is the medicine to do so? Uh, we must understand that in the time of Jesus, there was no medicine available to cleanse the leper. So when Jesus commanded his disciples, he sent them forth and said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. This meant that they were to access a certain authority, a certain power, a certain access to the supernatural that Jesus was going to give them in order to accomplish the works. Notice the nature of the works are something that is beyond human expectation and human, uh, definitely beyond human limitation. We must see here that he says, freely as you have received, freely give. Notice he is saying, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. To raise the dead is medically impossible and it is also humanly impossible. So how can that take place without a supernatural power behind it to cause the dead to be raised? So I want you to see that when Jesus was referring to the works in John chapter 12, verse 14, when he said, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. The spiritually synonymous works that we are going to see that Jesus is empowering his disciples to do are supernatural works. Let's see this. Some of you may have a very important argument here. You may say, and definitely we want to respect the argument. We want to present a thesis here. So there may be some that say, Dr. Corral, okay. So we can say that the 12 were empowered to do the supernatural works of God. But what about those beyond the 12? That was just quote unquote for the apostles. Let's go a little further into the word of God and let's go beyond what we think and go into what scripture teaches. Let's go to Jesus sending forth the 70. And here we see in Luke chapter 10, we are seeing that now the amount of individuals that Jesus is sending forth to do his works are not limited just to the 12. We are seeing that it's growing. We are seeing that Jesus is now sending forth 70 of his most keen disciples. And notice what the scripture says. He, the scripture is going to use a very important word. It's the word also. So when we are speaking about also, what does also mean? 
Oftentimes, we miss the little words that really help us understand what the scripture is teaching us and the author's intent. Here we see in Luke chapter 10, the Bible says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself will go. So here we see 70 appointed also. So what does that also mean? That also is a connecting component to Matthew. Matthew shows us, beloved, that Jesus sent forth the 12. Jesus sent them forth to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the leper. Now we are seeing this also included. And notice that when we see these 70, Jesus is going to send them forth. And the Bible says in verse eight, that the key is going to be found in verse nine. And whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are presented before you, and heal the sick therein. Now, was Jesus calling them forth to be doctors? Was he teaching them to use some kind of ancient form of medicine? Is that what he was doing? Absolutely not. Jesus was sending forth his disciples to use the dunamis power, to go forth, to use the authority that was upon Jesus that now he is extending to his 12. Now, beloved, I want you to see one more, one more application. So you can say, okay, Dr. Crowell, I believe that Jesus is sending forth the 12. They are the apostles. Okay, so you reconcile the fact that it's not just the apostles, it's also the 70. But this must just be for the apostolic age. It doesn't mean for all generations. But let's go now, beloved saints, to refute the fact that Jesus is calling all disciples in every single generation to heal the sick, raise the dead, to cleanse the leper, to go forth and do the supernatural signs that Jesus definitely meant when at the last supper, he said, the works that I do, he that believeth on me, the same works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father so that we are now reconciling the fact we are not just dealing with the apostles. We're not just dealing with the expanded version of the apostles, the 70. We are also going beyond the apostolic age. We are going into what is called the Great Commission. Now, if you believe that the Great Commission was only for the apostolic age, then that means all missionaries throughout all the centuries were totally off to go into all the world. That would be absolutely preposterous to think that only the Great Commission was only given to the apostolic age. That would have ended Christianity. That would have stopped all of the missionaries throughout the ages and all of the evangelists and all of the churches and all the ongoing work of the gospel. What we must understand is that the Great Commission was given to every single disciple in every single age. And we're going to see that each gospel that is the synoptic gospels ends spiritually synonymous with 
the call of the Great Commission. We see Matthew. Let's look at Matthew's call of the Great Commission. I'm going somewhere with this to prove Mark's Great Commission. Matthew's Great Commission is found in Matthew chapter 28. And we are going to see, beloved saints, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is going to give the Great Commission. The Bible says in verse 16, and the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus appointed them. And the Bible says, verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And let's look, beloved saints, at Luke's Great Commission. Just so, beloved saints, we understand we are all on the same page. Here we see in Luke's Great Commission, we are going to see that the Bible actually is a, a commissioning the saints with the call to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is what he said. The Bible says, and, and you are witnesses of these things. Notice what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 24, verse 46. And he said unto them, this is that which was written. It behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning in Jerusalem. That's the Great Commission. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send you the promise of the Father, but tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Now, beloved, here we see Matthew's Great Commission, we see Luke's Great Commission. So now, beloved saints, let us see Mark's Great Commission so that we will understand in order to fulfill the Great Commission, there must be signs and wonders because every one of the synoptic gospels ends with the Great Commission. And here we see the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, looking at verse 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be condemned. And all these signs and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Notice, beloved saints, that every single one of the signs that follow them that believe are works that are impossible for man to do in his own natural strength. 
I want you to see that there is another power that is absolutely necessary in order to perform the works. Notice what the Bible is saying. Notice Jesus is saying here, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. That is supernatural. Devils cannot be cast out by some psychological experience, by just going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist um, prescribing some kind of medication, and the psychologist helping you through the action of catharsis will cast out a devil. That is not how devils are cast out. That is completely unscriptural. We do not see any evidence of devils being cast out. Now, that doesn't mean we don't go to psychologists. I'm sure psychologists will help many of us if we need to go through the process of catharsis. But when you are dealing with a demonic spirit, psychology is not going to help you. When you are dealing with demonic oppression, many saints of God that are listening to this podcast, you've been in depression, you've been sick, you've been really mentally uh, under it. You can't seem to break out of the prison of depression. Well, I've got a word for you. Demonic oppression will come through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way demonic oppression will be released out of our life is through the Spirit of God. Jesus said, if I cast out devils through the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It is only through the Spirit of God that the yoke is broken. So the Bible tells us here, beloved saints, as we see in the word, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Here we see that tongues are a sign. They are a supernatural sign that has to do with the great commission. They will take up serpents. Notice this is the context of the Great Commission. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What does this mean? This means, beloved saints, there is no way in the natural with any human strength that we have the ability to make the the sick recover unless we are using some form of um, natural means that this world has given to us. But Jesus is not talking about using natural means. Jesus is talking about supernatural means because in the days of Jesus, there was no medicine. In the days of Jesus, all they had was the balms of Gilead and natural things that came from the earth. But Jesus is not talking about that. Jesus is talking about healing wounds. Jesus is talking about limbs growing out. Jesus is talking about blind eyes seeing. Jesus is talking about the death hearing. Jesus is talking about the mute speaking and beloved saints about the lame walking. And I want you to understand this cannot happen outside of the anointing. God wants you to know that you have been called by way of the great commission. Notice what the Bible continues to tell us. And verse 19 says, So after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs 
following. Beloved saints, this is why it is so important to understand why the word must be present when signs and wonders are being miraculously manifested. Today, dear people, and I tell you this from experience, you see, I, under experience, had the great privilege in my young years to sit under the ministry of Catherine Kuhlman. In 1971, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, beloved saints, I want to tell you, I am speaking from experience. I want to tell you something. I cannot tell you what it was like to be in the ministries in generations before the last generation. I can tell you what I've read. I can tell you what the books say, but I cannot tell you from experience. But one thing I can tell you from experience, I can tell you as an eyewitness that I have seen the power of God. And I want to tell you, beloved, that this generation needs to know the signs, the wonders, the strength, the miracles that was done in the last generation and how they were done. Why? Because God is going to do double in this generation. But if we don't have the word as a witness and we don't have the word as a roadmap, then we are going to go off into error. And this is why it is so important. The Bible says the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. That is why it is so important that we don't get our own synopsis, our own idea of what we think the confirming of the word is, and that the works that Jesus did are without understanding the scriptural referencing that must be applied to these provocative works. And we don't have to hide it under the carpet. We don't have to be afraid of the supernatural. We don't have to beat around the bush. We should know the word like the back of our hand. We should know these scriptures so that we will understand that we are operating under full authority. Why? Because the word of God empowers us with authority. We need to understand that we need to use the authority of God's word. We're not operating on our own authority. We are not going forward to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. On our own, we are going in the authority of the word because the word has commanded us. Jesus has commanded us through his word. And this is why it is so very important that we know the word. All right, beloved. So here we have seen, we have presented a very short synopsis, but a thesis on the supernatural, giving you the scriptural secrets for being submerged in the supernatural. Now, I want to share with you before we leave, if we do not understand the Great Commission, and if we do not understand, as I gave you that background, beloved, we must see all these scriptures that cohere one with another. There must be a consistency in the context. And I want you to know there's nothing to be ashamed of. We don't have to scripture hunt. Oh, let me find it here and let me find it there. We don't have to say a uh, hem and haw about it and not know scripturally why we're doing what we're doing. The scriptural evidence is completely overwhelming. And I want you to understand that the consistency 
consistency in the context does not change. There are not irregularities. It's consistent with the entire themes found in all four of the Gospels, especially the, the Synoptic Gospels. We showed to you how the works were being done first with the 12 in Matthew 10, then with the 70 in Luke 10, then with the Great Commission found in Mark chapter 16. We also see the mandates of ministry given to the disciples in Mark chapter 6, verse 7. We see Jesus empowering his disciples with the supernatural even before the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we must understand how did they receive the power to do these incredible works before the Spirit of God was given? It is because they were operating under the anointing of Jesus. They were operating as an extension of his authority. They were not operating in their own anointing. But now he is going to be taken away from them. And that is the whole purpose of John 14. 15 and 16, that now Jesus is going to be taken away and they must be able to operate the way he operated. They must be able to know the Holy Spirit the way Jesus as a man knew the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is going to make provision for them through baptism in the Holy Spirit. You see, beloved, baptism in the spirit is not just given to us to speak with tongues. I want you to understand tongues are most definitely the sign that we have been baptized in the spirit. Why? Because Jesus operated as a man in all gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the only gift Jesus did not operate in was speaking in tongues. Why? Because that gift is exclusively for the dispensation of the end times. That is why he said, in my name, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. What does he mean by new tongues? He's not talking about they're going to learn a new language. It doesn't mean that they're going to have a new philosophy. It means they are going to be given the prayer language that is distinctive and uniquely seen in the upper room as evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And we see Jesus as a man operating in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit except speaking in tongues. Why? Because this gift is set aside specifically for the era of the Gentiles in fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. So we must understand that this speaking in tongues identifies the time. It identifies the time we're in. It identifies the dispensation. And notice that after baptism in the Holy Spirit, the entire book of Acts, what is the theme of the book of Acts? It's not only evangelizing, but it's evangelizing the way he said we must evangelize through the Great Commission. We must have signs, wonders, and miracles accompany the witness. And so therefore, we see that all disciples are filled with dunamis power. Prior to baptism in the Holy Spirit, they were sent on the mission to work the works of God, but that was through the anointing of Jesus. Now we see after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they are operating on the anointing of the Spirit of God who comes upon them in their own personal lives. Jesus said in 
John chapter 14, verse 16 and verse 17. I'm going to send you another comforter. And Jesus said very carefully, uh, he said, to his disciples, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither does it know him, but you know him for he has been with you, but now he shall be in you. Beloved saints, I pray today that as we continue to prepare for Pentecost, I have prepared these messages for you to get ready for the coming of the Spirit on May 16th. I pray, beloved, that you have the greatest revival on May 16th, on Shavuot, on Pentecost, that you've ever had in your life. I pray that even tonight, today, that you would begin to be submerged in the supernatural, that God would begin to give you dreams, visions, and all kinds of supernatural experiences that come as a result of being baptized in the Spirit. And remember, we cannot be baptized in the Spirit until we're born again. So if you have heard this message today and you're not sure where you stand with God, I would like to give an invitation to any of God's precious children that today someone in your family needs to know the Lord. Would you bring them right now to this podcast? And I want to pray for you to receive Jesus Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. You can become a child of God. You can receive Jesus into your heart. You can receive right now the forgiveness of sins. Would you say this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be my personal Lord and Savior. I want to give you my life. I feel that there's someone listening to this uh, teaching today. You were contemplating, should I stay alive? Should I just take my own life? Dear child, dear one, dear precious friend, I am telling you right now, give Jesus a chance. Give Jesus, turn your life over to him. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is the friend that sticks closer than any relative. Some of you say there's no one in this world I can trust, but you have not yet tried Jesus and you're afraid to trust him because you think that he will betray you or leave you the way everyone else has left you in this world. But I've got a word for you. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So receive that anointing today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Now, beloved, I invite you to our website, mydayofdestiny.com. You can download any of the teachings on the Holy Spirit. And all of these teachings have been designed with your destiny in mind. That's mydayofdestiny.com. And those of you who want to support our international relief work for the poorest of the poor with children's feeding programs helping the poorest of the poor around the world receive the gospel and receive daily feedings water wells and agricultural skills medical clinics and so many other things you can go to my website at drmichellecorral.net and you will go on my Hesed website. That's Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D. And you can give today by texting to give 77977. That's text to give 77977 and text it to Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D. God bless you and we'll see you next time.